Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, PK. PK, how are you doing tonight? It is, what is it, September 13th. How are you on the September right. 13th? We're watching yeah, right the time now, fly by. It's overcast. It started to sprinkle a little bit. And all I can say is, hooray, because we're in Arizona. <laughs> Here in Tucson, we haven't seen much of that for quite some yeah. time. you got to celebrate that rain. Good. Oh, God, yes. I'll do a rain dance if I thought it would work longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can have stuff. some of our rain, our rain, because we have that. Oh, I know. Been... You're getting it all. Ah, Greedy. That's what, what they you lose. are. You're taking it all. Yeah, and now we have the Maybe, hurricane coming up. Which will yeah. be very exciting, yeah. especially for anybody who has property on the coast. I'm glad we don't, but oh my. So what's, what else is happening besides this natural disaster coming our way? Well, what else is I going think the on? Nice thing to take a look at. Tomorrow we have a new moon, and it's a grand trine with the sun, Mercury, and Jupiter. This new moon occurs the day before Mercury retrograde ends. So Yay. that's a good news. So we are going to experience a change or some important turning points. Now, the aspect between Mercury, Saturn, and Jupiter makes this a very good time for making plans, taking charge of problems, and do problem solving, shall we say. This is also one of the best new moons of the entire year, which is a hooray for that one. And be prepared to set your intentions for the new moon. Make your wishes and set them into place. Because the odds are when you do that and set good intentions out to manifest what's coming is more than likely to become a very healthy new start. So the Virgo new moon inspires us to be very productive and organized. And that's true with most aspects of our life. And we get a fresh start on something. And because there's a bunch of planets retrograding, as we all know, the connection or correction with this new moon, is going to be something that we could expect secrets to be revealed. That one scares me. And you may yeah. see people and situations in a different light. But I've got a terrible feeling some secrets are going to be made known that have been kind of hanging over us like a guillotine. Mm. Just wait and see what the next couple of weeks are going to bring. Well, that will be interesting. I mean, no. <laughs> wow, well, that's, that's plenty. <laughs> that's very good. That sword of Damocles you're talking about, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things are coming to light. And, I mean, just what was it? Yesterday, Mexico had, their Congress had a, a very large uh, expose on what they knew and what they know 
about aliens and UFOs. And I can only imagine that our shadow government is probably tearing their hair out now because they actually revealed <laughs> these alien bodies, right? Well, this, I'm really? sure, is making our our government and our shadow government just uh, turn apoplectic over the whole thing. So wait till they start talking about the abductees in other countries because that's something that... Uh-huh. Our people here well, don't want to touch that one with the ten foot pole. God knows we can't but, even touch our own, Kevin. No. Everybody's so, afraid of it. Well, there's afraid yes. for I think some some reasons that shouldn't be ignored. I mean, all of this has gone on for so long and been denied over and over again. But we know the truth. You and I, we've been at it for how many years? What, thirty, forty years? So we know oh, what's been going that, on. Yep. And we don't know. We don't need anybody to, you know, tell us because we know. We've but the been details. Aware of it long enough. That, you know, yeah. We've been aware of it long enough. We, we may not know all the. <laughs> yeah, we, we may not know all the details, but but we have a no. good idea of what's been covered yeah. up. So, and and speaking of cover-ups, so we've got a lot to talk about tonight with our incredible guest, Candace Bradstreet. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about GC math now. I could have titled this show A Doctor, A Cure, and a Murder because that's what happened here. I mean, right. this is serious stuff. You know, anytime anybody interferes with somebody else making money, it uh, can become very, uh, very dark. And we're going to hear the whole story and from Candace herself. Yep. Yeah. It can be very dangerous. And we've certainly seen a lot of that. We've heard a lot about this kind of thing, and now we're going to get it firsthand with Candace and the remarkable work that she's been doing with GC Math. Now, I'm just going to tell you right up front what it is. GC Math is a protein-derived macrophage activating factor. That's what it is. It's a protein that is naturally produced by the body and plays an important role in the healthy functioning of the immune system and especially in activated microphage, the white blood cells that protect against cancer cells, bacteria, and foreign substances. Now, all of this is really important information, and maybe the very first time that you in the audience are hearing about this. So basically, the GC mass theory postulates that people who are in immunocompromised positions have low levels of the protein and are more susceptible to cancer, multiple sclerosis, and other systemic conditions. And as you all know, we may be great at emergency medicine, but we're not great at chronic illness. Now, cancer cells no. produce an enzyme called nagalase that shuts down macrophage activity. And so the typical cancer patient has high levels of nagalase and low levels of GC mass. Now, the discovery of GCMAF, it was the work of Dr. Nobudo Yamamoto, a biophysicist who announced his discovery in 1991 while working at Hanneman Medical College in Philadelphia. Now, Candace has been in the natural health field for over 20 years, and her passion is empowering people to take control of their own health so that her services are not needed. So Candace believes the body has amazing healing capabilities 
and assists and guides those when needed. And Candace sees her job as one of listening and assisting patients and overcoming obstacles. And her desire for natural health began while working with her brother-in-law, the late Dr. Jeff Bradstreet, at his International Autism Center in 1997. Candace continued her education by attending Trinity Natural School of Health, where she earned her certified clinical nutritionist degree. So Candace, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's totally our pleasure, PK, and I've been talking about this all day. We've got so excited (laughs) to have you on, and for very good reason, because we are in alignment with you in terms of encouraging people to take the reins when it comes to their own health care. But this started for you and uh, with a very different direction. So if you could, please start at the beginning with your work with Dr. Bradstreet and then the incredible tragedy that that befell the entire family over this. Sure. Um, So like you had said, it was back in um, 1996 is when my husband and I had uh, moved to Florida. And at that time, Matthew, which is Jeff's uh, son, he was, I think he was around four years old. And um, we had just moved down there and I started working for Jeff. And Jeff actually Um, He had been an emergency doctor at a hospital. Then he had worked as um, a family practitioner and a medical doctor. And when we moved there, he really started um, getting into natural health. And he started seeing patients and treating them in a more natural way with natural supplements. And um, so I wound up being his assistant. And um, while we were down there, though, is when Matthew was diagnosed. It was probably only a year after we were there. And um, he was vaccine injured. And, you know, I always say that pain drives passion. And so for Jeff, him wanting to heal his son became his passion. You know, and Mm -hmm. obviously it's um, out of pain, out of, you know, losing their child to this. Um, so he literally turned his entire practice into us being uh, parents of children with autism. And Jeff at heart was a researcher. That's what he loved to do. In fact, he probably would have loved that more than being a medical doctor. And he honestly was brilliant. Um, he was one of those guys that I don't know what you call those people that can, like, look at a page and they digest it. I forgot wow. the name. Very, very fast. That photogenic type thing, memory. Photographic memory. And he had that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And so he was also a pioneer in what he was doing. And why I say this is because he thought outside of the box. He looked to other countries for um, things that you could use and repurpose, if you will, Um, and how they could help children with autism. So he wound up um, opening up the International Autism Research Center. And at that time, he honestly was the only doctor treating autism um, the way that he was. 
And what I mean by that, again, is thinking outside the box. He was using IVIG. He was using secretin. He was using, you know, all of these things that, again, you know, they're not FDA approved, but they weren't harmful. And so um, we would have literally well, And let me just come, say, these things, these things yeah. aren't FDA approved for that purpose, but there's many things right. that are being used off-label. So he was using mm-hmm. these things like many doctors do. There are medications that are approved, but it's an off-label mm-hmm. use, right? Absolutely. Yes, it's kind of like um, what we do now with our GC mass protocols. We're using ivermectin and Fenben because those are now, you know, they're repurposed drugs. And they are approved, right. but they're not approved for cancer. So we, uh, we would have people come from all over the world because uh, it quickly news got out that he was having success in his treatment. So he would also have doctors come, and they would basically internship with him because he would teach them, and he would want them to take it back to their country. And what my job was is I did all of the intakes for when the parents came um, for help with their children. And back then, as we know, there wasn't, you know, Google, there wasn't the Internet, um, there wasn't cell phones like we have them now. And instead, you know, we had the videotapes back then. And I'll never forget, literally, every parent's story was exactly the same. And wow. it, and back then, um, it's changed since then because of the vaccine schedule. Back then, the story was my child was hitting all their milestones, walking, talking, doing great. And mind you, I saw the videos. I saw the actual before and afters. And they got their 15-month MMR. And every parent described it this way, that is when I lost my child. Oh. And what they mean by that is, you know, they'd call their name. They wouldn't, you know, wouldn't even know that they're there. It's it's really in the eyes, just that they're, they're gone almost. And so my whole thing to this is when, you know, now you'll hear people say, oh, no, it wasn't that, and they're just making this up, or, you know, it's not the vaccines. And my response is always, please tell me what these parents have to gain. They do not get reimbursement for treatment. The insurance covered nothing. Most of the time we saw the parents get divorced due to the stress. These parents have nowhere for their adult children to go. What do they have to gain? And more importantly, you cannot sue the vaccination manufacturers, the um, pharmaceutical companies, because they are exempt. There is the National Vaccine Injury Court. And they have to date paid over, I believe now, $7 billion in vaccine injuries. But we, the taxpayers, pay that. That is not paid right. by any organization or company. And to prove your case, um, it's almost impossible. Like the ones that did it, it's amazing that they even got compensation. So, um when I was working with him, obviously, you know, I started just really diving into the natural medicine type stuff. And even prior to moving down there, I I was already having this bent toward that. But I certainly was a sponge around him because he just, um, again, he was a pioneer in what he did. He He didn't just stay within 
this box of typical treatment. And, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, after his death, all the articles, just the media went on their campaign to destroy who he was and, you know, said he was a quack and all these things. I have to tell you, Jeff would not do anything until he researched it. He was very particular on that, very specific. So we knew it was going to be a smear campaign, um, but he at heart was a researcher and um, did a lot of conferences, traveled all over the world doing conferences, um, and he just kept pursuing finding the cure for autism. And it wasn't until... Um, the last Autism One conference, which Autism One is one of the largest conferences where all the doctors go to and they present all their new findings, their new medical protocols and approaches. And um, Jeff at that point was always, you know, one of the top speakers. And at the last one, he had said, we are this, we are this close to a cure. And he was referencing GC now. And he did talk to my husband and I about GC math many months prior. And he was like, this, it's immunotherapy. It's incredible for cancer, for autoimmune disorders. Um, And so we knew about it. However, he wound up um, working with David Noakes. And David Noakes is the gentleman that owned First Immune. And he produced pure uh, GC math. Well, the big deal about Jeff using GC math is it was never ever used for autism, and he used it on I think it was a hundred of his patients, and he was having an eighty-five percent recovery. And wow, so that's so high. He, huh. It is very high. And but I do want to preface it with this because you know I do. Uh, consultations with uh, parents for children with autism, I do want to say it, it, it isn't just DC math, though, okay? It's, it's a combination of things that work synergistically together, meaning, you know, with his patients, he was taking care of parasites, heavy metals, um, methylation issues, genetic disorders. So I don't ever want anyone thinking we believe GC math is just, you know, the one cure that you do. Um, right. Because it, that's just not, that's not possible. It's not true. Yes. Are there great recovery stories? Absolutely. There is. Um, but he did have huge success with it. Um, and it was literally a month after that when he presented that at Autism One in May of 2015 in June of 2015, he was murdered. Oh, my God. God. Oh, so heartbreaking. And, you know, let me interject here for a minute, Candice, too, because it's possible members of our audience don't know this. Many people don't. But, you know, when your doctor is giving you antibiotics and they're selling a lot, basically is what it is, selling a lot of antibiotics for the pharmaceutical companies, Sometimes the pharmaceutical companies will reward them with a trip to Cancun for a seminar or something like that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to chemotherapy, chemotherapy is in a class by itself. It is the only treatment that 
I've been told that doctors actually get a cut of. So there is money to be made like crazy with chemotherapy. And now, because I'm saying this now because I know we're going to be talking about cancer and GCMF too. Yeah. So the whole medical system uh, needs to be changed. We all know that. We've got a very sick system. It's based on sickness. The pharmaceutical companies profit tremendously when they get to continue to medicate patients for their entire lives. That's a big bonus. So cures aren't high on the list for anything, and certainly no. not not for autism, not for cancer, and, and now not for autoimmune either. So I just wanted to interject that the profit margin is incredibly high for for a lot of those, those treatments, those drugs. And I'm not against drugs. There's a lot of great drugs out there that can help right. and a lot of repurposed drugs like ivermectin and yep. Motegrity and drugs like that that are incredibly miraculous when used for other purposes. But there's just the system breakdown is profound, and certainly what happened to your brother-in-law is more than tragic. So tell us about that. What What actually happened to him? So what happened was is um, he – so – it was June um, June seventeenth, and that was the day. Actually, I'm sorry. June nineteenth is when he was murdered, and then June seventeenth, though, um, he actually his office was raided by fourteen DEA agents, and he was in Georgia at the time. That's where his office was that he was practicing, and. Um, I do have to back up that we found out prior to this that um, I'm not going to mention a name because I I try to stay under this person's radar as well. Um, there was a person in another country that just relentlessly harassed him, and this person clearly worked somehow with a government system because the poll that this person had over here didn't make sense. You shouldn't be able to get um, you shouldn't be able to get the authority over here to do anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was just relentless and in pursuit of stopping him. And, and a lot of people speculate she was paid, a paid, you know, um, informant, mm-hmm. troll, whatever you want to call them. Well, she basically took credit for getting the agents at Jeff's office, and we have the warrant, and the warrant specifically was looking for GC Matt. So that was in June. But back in January of 2015, the FDA declared that doctors could no longer uh, give um, GC Matt in their office the treatment, and they could not ship it across state lines. And so Jeff immediately did stop because Jeff was not um, unaware of the government. I mean, he testified in court about vaccines. The FDA came down on him over, I think it was um, IVIG or Secretin. And he it's not like he was stupid. He wanted to continue doing what he knew he was called to do. And so he listened in January of 2015 they stopped, and I actually confirmed this with a lot of his patients that I talked to. They could no longer get it. 
So they came looking in June, and it was specifically GC Math. They raided his office. They uh, took everything off of his computers. Um, and But they didn't close him down. They didn't take away his license. None of that happened. So then comes Friday, and, um, you know, and sometimes people have asked, cause it, so Tom, my husband Tom is his younger brother, and Jeff was always protecting him. In fact, he would always refer to Tom to all of his uh, colleagues or people, my baby brother. And so he he didn't even let us know what was going on, but I know why. I know that Jeff would never involve us in anything that he thought was dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so we found this out after that on Friday. And, you know, this is where it's really difficult um, because we only hear, we only got the story from his wife at the time. And that was not the mother of his children. Um, his first, his wife, Lori, who he had Matthew and Elizabeth with, we are still incredibly close to. Um, it was his uh, wife at the time, Jennifer. They had only been married probably a year and a half, two years. And so they were going to meet up at Lake Lure Inn. This is the story that we're told. And I, there's a reason I'm saying it that way. Um, they're going to meet up at Lake Lure Inn. She claims um, he wasn't really freaking out about it. Of course, he was upset, you know, that the government, again, was trying to get involved, and he just wanted to help people, and, you know, they're kind of trying to put up a blockade. Well, she claims that on Thursday, the night before, she took her son Aaron to go Day with his dad, her his father, which who lived in North Carolina, Lake Lure Inn is in North Carolina as well. It's where they did the Dirty Dancing movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a very it's a very highly it's a tourist area. So Jeff gets there. He gets to Lake Lure Inn, and they said that uh, his room was not ready, and uh, they claim that he did appear you know, somewhat anxious, agitated, but he said, okay, I'll come back. And he went to a store. He had gotten, I don't know, I think it was hummus and like a bottle of wine or something. And the next thing that happened is he drove to, um, it's called Chimney Rock. And it is an area which we didn't know it was a tourist area at the time, okay? And this is why this makes this even more impossible of what they claim happened. And Chimney Rock is a place where you can pull off on the side of the road, and there's a really steep embankment, and then there's this beautiful river, but it's, it's kind of shallow because there's big rocks, there's little rocks. Um, people can fish in there, but it's not some super-duper deep river, and so um, the story goes that he must have gone there because his car was there. And um, the police say that he shot himself in the river. And I have to tell you how ludicrous it is when you see the spot because, again, people can pull up. Um, the other thing is, is Jeff had very bad knees. 
and trying to get down that embankment, he would not be able to do. Um, the other thing is that there were two fishermen. One of the fishermen found him, and the other one was downstream. No one ever heard a gunshot. No one heard anything. And this is a river where you would have heard it. Um, and so Jennifer claims, you know, she couldn't find him. Her story is very, very odd. She actually told our family members, we got five different stories, and we didn't realize it until we all started talking. That's why we started the investigation, because Mm -hmm. things she was saying were not adding up. And um, she claims she went to Lake Lurin, and um, he wasn't there. And actually, the thing – I think there was a lot more going on between them than she has revealed. And the reason I say this is when she got there, her name was not even on the room. That is very odd because we traveled with Jeff for many years with it with him and Lori, and he always had his wife's name on there. Um, there's speculation they could have been fighting. We're not sure at this point, but something clearly was amiss. Mm-hmm. And um, she claims she went driving around walking into restaurants saying, have you seen my husband, Dr. Bradstreet? And that doesn't make sense because nobody really would know him there. And then, you know, and then she claims she drove up, she saw his car there, and then she was going to go down the embankment to see if he was there and couldn't because it was slippery and raining. And then the um, (laughs) – Then the um, ambulance came because the fishermen called. And what's interesting is, so in one breath, she tells Jeff's daughter that she saw him. She saw him face down. Well, if she saw him face down, then nothing would have stopped me from getting down there if my husband is dead in the river. Exactly. She didn't do that. She didn't do that. The fisherman saw her. She was pacing back and forth, back and forth, up on the road. And so, and he wasn't face down either. He was actually face up. And so none of her story was making sense anymore. And that is why we had to open up an investigation on our own. And um, we actually, so his funeral was held in Georgia, And what we did as a family, it was on July 11th, we drove down earlier and went to North Carolina and spoke with the police officer that was in charge of the investigation. Um, They screwed the entire thing up. They are a very small place in North Carolina, and they didn't even take fingerprints off the car. They didn't even uh, bag Jennifer's hands for gunpowder residue. Um, They didn't even match up um, the bullet to see if it came, because there was a gun near uh, in the river that they found, and um, it just did have a gun. It was a pistol, but here is another, here's another telling sign that we believe it was planted, and the only way it could have been planted is from Jennifer, and here's why. They claim there was like a, um, not a fanny pack, but like a camera, you know, like a camera bag. Yes. And it had his initials, and they said that was uh, near him. 
and that's what he carried the gun in. I'm going to tell you right now, the only person that would put that in a camera bag is somebody that is afraid of a gun. And I know this because I'm not good with guns. Both my husband is was military. He was a ranger. Jeff was in the Air Force, very well trained on guns. He would have never carried a gun in like a fanny pack bag. It, it's just ludicrous. And for me, that is somebody that carried it there and wanted to plant it there. And they were never able to match it up with that. Gosh, so many inconsistencies in this whole horrible, mm-hmm. horrible experience for your whole family. I mean, it's terrible because you're a close family, and it impacted everybody in the family. And, and yes, there's. it's so – I really hate hearing how these investigations get screwed up and things aren't done properly to allow no, people to all. figure out what, what happened. But everything you're you're saying – is making perfect sense that he had no reason to commit suicide. I mean, he really yeah. didn't. That's he the most didn't. important um, thing. There. Well, and here's what's very interesting to us. Um, number one, Jeff was making plans after this for other speaking arrangements, and he actually mentioned to Jennifer he was probably going to go to Dubai because in Dubai he could carry on his research and not be harassed. Um, we know this, that he was planning to do that. We have confirmation from I cannot tell you how many people that Jeff did not have the personality to kill himself. Also, right. I cannot tell you how many doctors chimed in and said, are you kidding me? He was alone in his home on Thursday because Jennifer had left with Aaron. He would have used a less painful way and would have used medication because they have access to sure. anything that they want. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when we went down, went to North Carolina, I could not believe it was a tourist stop. I thought it was like deep in the woods and really desolate and you couldn't see anything. And once we got there, we knew that something was terribly wrong. Um, I will tell you, though, the detective already believed the story. He believed the story that the FDA was coming after Jeff. He even said they were going to take his license, he was going to have a fine, and he could never practice again, and, oh, that's why he killed himself. So whoever planned this, I will say, they did a great job because they they got the raid to happen the night before to make it look like his life was over. And um, that was the furthest thing from the truth because we had a very dear friend, um, a very influential man, in New York who just helped his grandson that had autism. He contacted us and he really just really was a wonderful man through the whole thing. But what he did was he found out what Supreme court judge signed the warrant. He contacted, I actually wrote him a letter and he said, um, he explained the situation and he said, and you know, if you are, you were looking to nail Dr. Bradstreet on GC Math then you would also still be pursuing his wife because she received shipments in her name as well. And the FDA doesn't care if you die. They're still going to pursue if there's still another person like the wife Mm -hmm. that, you know, was involved. The Supreme Court 
the Supreme Court judge actually told him, she's like, there is no case against him. There was never a case against him. Oh, my gosh. So we don't understand how some podunk, and it really was. I'm not being disrespectful. They were podunk police station, had that information in a short amount of time, and we even told Detective Kiever, that was his name, we told him, uh, we have this investigation, we've raised this money, um, we can pay for things, because he told us they couldn't get certain testing done because they simply didn't have the funds to do it. And my husband said, we will pay for it, what is it? And they never, it, it dropped, they never would let us do it. That is so awful. It, it, it is, and it actually kind of gets worse because it was very soon after his death. Oh, wait, I didn't even talk about the, oh, God, the coroner. So it happened on a Friday. So it was uh, Saturday that they needed to call in the county coroner. This is where I told I had mentioned that um, the coroner that – I'll get to that in a minute. Sorry, that's with Michael Archer, the the guy that does the forensics. The coroner didn't even get to see Jeff first because Jennifer got a lawyer, a criminal defense attorney, a friend, kind of lifelong friend in North Carolina, and they flew in a coroner from Florida to do the autopsy. Oh, that's suspicious. Yeah. Good Lord. And then after that, uh, she quickly got him cremated. And that isn't something that just just previously Mm -hmm. that was not his wishes. Um, You know, just was a Christian, followed the Lord. It's not that he was so much against that. Also, he, it's, he has a military burial. He, he, that was not his preference. She got him cremated so we can't even resurrect, you know, his body to do anything else. Right. You can't find any other evidence. Oh, what a shame. No, and but I will say that on the autopsy report, um, they show that he had, and it wasn't, um, how does that go? It wasn't post-mortem. This is pre, so they know it was before he died. He had bruising on the inside of your elbows, so imagine somebody behind you holding mm-hmm. your arms, you know, in the crook of your elbow, and then he had a lot of scrapes on his legs and on his knee. And um, what we did for Scene of the Crime, which was a show that they actually uh, did on this, we hired a gentleman named Michael Archer. He's done a lot of 48-hour stuff. He is a forensic analyst. And so what he does is he goes back and kind of like um, redoes what happened mm-hmm. and he proved that Jeff did not kill himself because when you you know when you kill yourself there's always a stippling marking from the gunpowder there was none on his chest 
And furthermore, the way that the bullet entered N, there, it's not possible. And the other thing is, is Jeff being an ER doctor, he never would have put himself through the pain and misery that he went through with that gunshot wound. It was not, it was not a peaceful death. Right. And so Michael Archer proved that no, he didn't. Um, and also Michael Archer um, did an interview. He went and he actually met with the um, other coroner who actually, you know, had the right to uh, take Jeff's body and do that. She even says that it was one of the most suspicious uh, cases she's had. She's never had another coroner come in and do the job before she did. It doesn't even sound legal. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like it's it's following legal protocol. But that is just horrible, and it's the whole thing is so suspicious. I mean, there's any any number of scenarios here with. possibility of the new wife uh, deciding that she was going to get rid of him and then employing Mm -hmm. the assistance of someone else. They certainly could use the FDA situation and the DEA situation as a cover almost. Um, How how horrible. Yeah, I mean, that year is... The opportunity to show something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, destroy everything. So, yeah, it just seems, it doesn't seem, it is ex- extremely mm-hmm. suspicious, and it is unfortunate, again, that the police department really just fell down on the job. Not unusual, unfortunately, to hear that. But, yeah, know, but you guys really stepped up. I mean, you you took charge, and, and you decided to go ahead and try to find out the truth. Good for you. Well, and and here's the thing that I find very odd also is she was so angry that we were doing an investigation, so much so that I found out because one of his patients that saw him at his clinic in Georgia messaged me and said, I have to let you know that the office has been instructed by Jennifer to not donate to your GoFundMe because she's very mad that you're investigating why would you be mad that we are trying to find out what happened why are you so adamant that it was suicide when there's no way it was and third when she got that criminal defense attorney we got a call from him to no longer speak to her and that is why the case remained open because she refused to answer any questions because I didn't realize when you when you lawyer up you don't have to go in and answer questions. So it became a cold case because oh. you have to have evidence, you know, that she had a reason to murder him. And I asked Dr. Detective Kiever, I said, did you even look for a life insurance policy? Did you look into anything? No, no, they didn't look into anything. That doesn't even so, make good sense. No. No. That's, the whole thing was so... Terrible. Yeah, I can't even, it was just roadblock after roadblock. And this is the other thing that is just very curious to me is I remember, so we Tom found out very late at night on Friday. He told me when I got up on Saturday morning. 
And I remember on Monday, because I, I knew, I had a feeling and I knew the media was just going to have a heyday. I went to Wikipedia. They already had it that he was dead. I don't know how what? they knew when, yeah, I don't know how they knew when mo- a lot of our family still didn't know. Uh, his patients didn't know, but his whole, the whole entire thing on him changed. And it was demeaning and that he killed himself and he committed suicide because they did a raid. And that was really concerning to me because that oh. let me know that that's not normal. Somebody, no, it isn't. You know, some system uh, knew, and then I'm not We were having calls from everywhere, from all the news stations, radio stations, magazines, um, all wanting to talk to us, and we just didn't. It was so beyond overwhelming. And then to see the things that they said about them and to know the lies that were in there was that was that was very hard you know because you want to scream from the mountaintop and say they're lying just flat out lies so um well the and the mainstream media certainly proved proved that you know over time since then we've all come to realize for the most part many of us that mainstream media is nothing but lies they're just feeding what they've been told to do by the corporation that owns them and they're bought and yeah. paid for. There's, there's no more yeah. real news reporting. But the fact that they would go out of their way to do this to Dr. Bradstreet is is really telling. And you and I and PK were all talking about the fact that Dr. Bradstreet was the first doctor that was taken out, possibly, by mm-hmm. uh, other entities because of his work. And then that whole year and a half later, I, every time I picked up the newspaper, there's another doctor that's suddenly gone yeah. under mysterious mm-hmm. circumstances. So there was like this whole thing happening that these doctors are being taken out. So Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, very the weird. greed, the greed that that is behind all of this where, you know, somebody like Dr. Bradstreet is brilliant and he's coming up with these new innovative ways to approach a very serious problem with more and more children being diagnosed with autism every day. And yet he's looking for something that, and and then all of a sudden they make sure he, he's gone. He can't do it anymore. Yeah. So, and yeah. let me ask you too, his son, Matthew, yeah. How did how did how is he doing? I mean, did the treatment make a big difference for him? I hope so. He he's doing well. He actually um he's 28 now and he lives on his own in a it's like it's it's called Promise a Village. So it's an adult center, but he has his own job. He, you know, goes out on his own. Um, he has come a long way from where he was and he is doing, he's doing well. Um, you know, the sad thing is, is now that Jeff is gone though, you know, the continued treatments or protocols or new things, you know, Matthew, he doesn't have because Jeff really, he really was the one that was pursuing, um, the cure, especially after the results that he saw with the GC mask. 
And, you know, again, not everybody's going to respond the same way, though. There's so many variables, meaning how long you wait. Um, mm-hmm. when you, you know, start addressing these issues. There, there's just so many variables with these kids and adult kids, adults now mm-hmm. that um, you can't say, you know, like I always use the term, one man's cure is another man's poison. It doesn't mean it's going to work the same for everyone. Because, again, if it did, then it's a miracle yeah. and it's a cure. Right. Um, and well, this you know this is part of a treatment package from what you described, which makes a lot of sense because any of these situations, whether it's autism or cancer or autoimmune, they have a lot of tentacles, and yes, so it does have to be a treatment package. But GCMath is it an does. integral part of that, which is again it worthy is. of being explored. Yes, it it absolutely is, and you know there's a lot more that has been learned since 2015, such as the whole parasite connection, the mold and fungus issue with these kids, um, they all work together and, you know, um, really in, it helps to cause the issues that it has. It's just, it's crazy how all of those things together use one another. So it's a very important to, I call it peeling the onion back. You have to go layer by layer. Um, I have personally, I've, you know, had testimonies from parents and grandparents of they interject the GC math and they're more verbal. They have more cognitive abilities. They're more aware um, of other people and they're more aware of what relationship is. So there's a lot of really good that comes from it, but I do think, And I understand it, that as any parent would, they would want to focus on the full recovery part. But what is imperative about GC math and these kids with autism is they have high Nagalase levels. And eventually, if you do not get that Nagalase level down, it is a setup for cancer down the road. And we know just through medical papers, they've already stated that children with autism have a higher incident rate of possibly having cancer and it all wow. has to do with Nagalay. now you mentioned because mm-hmm. i've been following you on your tiktok channel which is excellent i highly recommend everybody should follow candace on tiktok because you do great question and answer oh, sessions it's wonderful wonderful information so please do follow candace on tiktok but you um now I lost my train of thought as I was giving you a promotion here. I need GC math. I really right. do. Um, the last thing it was about Nagalase levels in cancer. Uh, you, you talked about it. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Um, you talked about a test, that there's an actual test that people can get and find out what their Nagalase level is. So how do they do that? There, there is. So on my website, which is uh, www, our little white barn. I have the Nagalase testing available, and I did this for a reason because um, back in 2016 when I started um, working for the lab, I just assumed, oh, well, every doctor knows what Nagalase is, and surely they'll write the script for my mm-hmm. clients to get their levels. Well, that is not the case at all. Um, I've personally talked to doctors. They have no idea what I'm talking about with Nagalase. So 
I contacted the lab, which is in New Jersey, and um, the gentleman that owns it is a Vogler who he actually wrote a paper with Jeff. He's a wonderful man. I believe he lives in Switzerland, but his American company is in New Jersey, and they so graciously approved me as a practitioner so I ha- can write the script, and we have the test kit that people can purchase off the website. And um, for under $200, you can get a good gauge on if you have either, unfortunately, the possibility of cancer or if you have a high viral load because that those are mainly the two things that are going to increase nagalase levels. However, we're seeing now how the parasite thing falls into that too, that they can increase those levels. Um, so it's a fabulous way to find out if your levels are high. And if they are high, which means they're above 0.95, that is when you do seriously want to look at GCMAF because right now that is the only way you can drive those levels down because GCMAF reactivates your own immune system. So it goes in, really educates your body again of what it was created to do. Those Nagalase levels, come down and you don't need to take it anymore. And that's why I love it. It's not a long-term product. We do say it's a minimum of three months because, again, you you can't have your body go through what it's gone through and expect it to turn around in a month. That, you know, rarely happens. So minimum of three months, and then we take another Nagalase level. And if your Nagalase levels are down, then you're done. That's great. Yes. And you mentioned parasites, and I, I follow all the research in, uh, for autoimmune disease, and that's something that they have explored with MS. I'm sure you know about this. They did autopsies yes. on MS patients, and they found 100% of them yes. had parasites Absolutely. in their spinal cords and in their brains because the little uh, things they were seeing on the MRI in the brains of MS patients that they thought were some kind of plaque turned out to be parasites. So they are. this is huge. This is absolutely huge. And when you work with people, since you are a nutritionist and you're trained, are there any, I'm going to ask you this question because everybody's asking me the same question, are there any really good parasite cleanses? There seem to be a million of them out there. Are there any really you good know, ones that you that you say are the best to use? So this is interesting because I actually, in the last two years, went literally on a deep dive about parasites. I've always known about them um, because actually back when my son is going to be 26, but when he was four years old, he had a serious case of parasites, and that is how I was also introduced to the Rice frequency machine, which I'm a huge believer in and have used that for 20-some years to get rid of parasites. That is the easiest way to kill parasites. But to answer your question, I started seeing um, a complete parallel with parasites and what we call cancer. Um, And I'm going to say something that it's hard for people's brains to wrap around because I was there three years ago and I didn't believe it until I found all the PubMed papers and read and researched. Parasites are the root of all illnesses. Um, You have to ask yourself why we're told to deworm our animals twice a year, and we don't deworm ourselves. 
You right. have to ask yourself, why during COVID did, in the, did the ivermectin start clearing up asthma, um, allergies, rashes? It started clearing up a host of things, and it's because it was killing parasites. So in my private Facebook group, I actually have a Facebook group specifically for this showing the evidence of it because I don't want anyone just believing me, you know, that it could just be my words. Um, I back it up with the PubMed papers that are out there that talk about which parasites cause specific cancers and every single cancer you Google, you can find a parasite that they'll say does um, and can cause that cancer. When you start looking at, I had to start looking at, so my husband had uh, cancer in 2018. Thankfully, he's cancer-free. Well, it's because I had to start looking deeper than just what we're told cancer is. And for my husband, he had candida and um, parasites. Once we address those, he literally... Um, has had zero issues. And what I did is I cross-referenced all of the herbs that I had him on, all of the supplements, and I kid you not, all of them killed parasites. And That so, is terrific. Wow. Well, and as you've yes. seen, they're repurposing Fenben. Fenben Dazol is a repurposed drug for cancer. Ivermectin right. is. And yes. now with UC Math, that's what we do. And so to answer your question, there are incredible herbals and herbal cleanses. However, um, I started watching and listening to, and he's on TikTok, and I recommend everyone to listen to him, Dr. Lodi. He is an oncologist who I'm so happy has said parasites are the root of cancer, if not what we call cancer. Because other countries, I will tell you, they have said what you guys call cancer, we have known as parasites. They literally create tumors. They create their own um, blood vessel tumors. And what Dr. Lodi says, and I agree with him, and I'm going to tell you, I always go natural first. However, he says he takes, a, he takes four antiparasitics, and he'll keep somebody on that for three weeks break them for a week, possibly put them on again. It just depends how they do. And then you can then go in and use herbs and the herbal cleanses to maintain. So you, like, almost have to wipe the slate clean, and here's why. And I agree with him. Herbs can get and kill worms. It's the worm eggs that, we, that they know are what burrow into the muscles, the tissues, the organs. It's those eggs that can then turn into what we call cancer. And those are very hard to get. He has said that those require the antiparasitics. As much as, you know, I wish it didn't, um, I have to agree with him that if you're just going to, you know, do it the one time and clean the slate and then maintain with cleanses, that's the best thing to do. That makes sense. I think I've seen him on TikTok also. So you're talking about yep. a, a program of ivermectin and possibly even hydro, hydroxychloroquine, other medications like that that actually do get rid of parasites. And then after three weeks, you check in, you see if you're ready to go to the herbal remedies or you need another course yep. of those. Yes, so that makes sense. 
The other thing, though, I will tell you is my go-to, though, is the rice frequency machine because frequency <laughs> kills at a cellular level. And yes. so that's what I've used all these years. Um, yeah. And it, it, it literally, it's not just for parasites, though. It's Dr. Rice created it for cancer. Right, so, he did. Yeah, and his original technology is still, they, they've really kept it. There's a core group that has kept it. Um, and it's just an incredible thing. And if people are able to get one, y- you won't regret it. I mean, I what literally What is the cost of a, a machine now, Candace? Because so those can be fairly they, pricey, but they're in the thousands, aren't they? They are, but what I did was I was referring people to a wonderful guy. He's a great guy. But then I wanted it to, I wanted to make it more affordable. So I contacted the manufacturer and I asked, I said, can I be a distributor? And I was shocked because they actually did. They approved me. And so I sell them roughly five to $600 less. So for the unit that I'm talking about, it's 2095. And um, that's all you need. And they constantly update with new frequencies. They updated with COVID frequencies. Um, I honestly rarely took my kids, if at all, to the doctor because let's say they had strep throat, I would put them on the machine for a session, and within 24 to 48 hours, they're fine. So it yeah, pays those for machines itself. are incredible. Yeah, I'm a firm they believer in rice are- as well. Yeah. They truly, and, and there's a ton of knockoffs, though, because I have people ask me all the time, and if you research who Dr. Rice was, he was in the 1920s. He's the original of the frequency machines that we have. Um, I'm not saying other ones don't work, but what I've seen is they nickel-dime you. Some are um, not, you know, they're they're not as powerful. They're very complicated. Um, but this, I absolutely love it. Just if it was just for the parasites, I would still use it. Um, Hulda Quark, she really also was a pioneer in that. I will say though that because I, I had gotten one of her zappers, you can't really yeah, I had one them too. Possibly. Yeah, they're yeah. not powerful enough. Um, they're not. So, I didn't experience anything with it either. Yeah, yeah. And I will but, say though, it's the herbal cleanse is there is one that's well there's a couple going around on TikTok. I agree with the Amish. I think they do the wormwood, the black walnut, and there's another herb in there. And I'm hearing incredible things that, you know, people are passing worms. So if you use that to maintain, I think that's the best thing that you can use. Well this is so helpful. Candace, it really is. I mean, you're giving us such great information, and it's leading-edge information. I mean, this is the stuff that gets rid of the problem, you know, gets rid of what's causing these issues. It does. But let let me ask you a question, because with autoimmune disease, you obviously don't want to excite the immune system. You want right. to modulate it. Now, with GCMath, from what I understand, GCMath has the ability to do both. It can increase the effectiveness of your immune system so that your own immune system can recognize and get rid of cancer cells, or it can modulate your immune yes. system. Is that true? It can do both? 
It can. I have never seen it overstimulate. And in fact, um, so after Jeff died, I had a wonderful lady contact me um, who she developed a cream of GC Math. She had actually worked with David Noakes and she sent it to me. And I'm going to be honest, I'm very skeptical. I think people think I'm not because I'm in the natural world and they think it's sometimes this woo-woo stuff, but I'm very skeptical. And I told her, I said, I'm not going to represent anything until I try it. She sent it to me. Um, at that time, I had Hashimoto's. Um, Jeff diagnosed me actually in 95. So I had had it for some time there. It was on armor thyroid, you know, the whole deal. Never felt well, though. The medicine never you know, solve the issue. I used that cream, and I have been off of my medication since 2016. Um, wow. That's unheard of because with Hashimoto's, I had to do baseline testing, and when they would take me off medication, I tanked. It was very mm-hmm. bad. So mm-hmm. that I know that I know that GC Math reactivated my immune system so that I could deal with um, – the virus, which uh, that's another thing people don't realize, your organs do not just decide to stop at all. That is a lie that doctors say. They told me, oh, your thyroid just decided to quit. It burned itself <laughs> out. It never made right. sense to me. And it's no. because I had viral issues. I had the chickenpox varicella virus. And I took GC math, and like I said, it's been that long since I've been off of medication. So That's fantastic. for me, did it kind of, when I did the cream, I, I will say I had a day where I probably had a Herzheimer response. I had a fever, um, very tired, nothing I couldn't handle, though. If it meant that it basically fixed my Hashimoto, I would take it all day long. Um, and the other great thing about GC math is just let's say somebody is ultra sensitive, we pull it back. You don't right. you don't do the same dosage. You pull it back, and then you go very low and slow because the whole my whole thing is is it's safer to go low and slow because healing's going to happen. It's just we you don't have to rush it necessarily and cause horrible Herx reactions or overstimulating somebody. Exactly. Well, now GCMF comes in many different forms, right? You have the cream. I mean, I know you well, don't personally sell it, but there's a cream. There's a Years ago when I first tried it, it we made a yogurt with okay. that culture. So that is Bravo, which um, Bravo, um, Bravo is something that Jeff actually was going to have us manufacture because he was with Dr. Ruggiero at the time. Um, I'm going to tell you Bravo is not equivalent to GC Math at all, no matter what they say. It's a great probiotic, um, but it is not on the same Level is GC math. I know he claims that, uh, Ruggiero, but actually I wanted to say, tell you this because I'll forget. Our lab is actually going to be doing third-party testing. They're t- taking our GC math against all the other ones that are out there to prove our efficacy and our potency. Um, um, terrific. Because they're, 
it is terrific, and there's a reason why there's a lot of people out there that have come up with GC Math, and we just want to show, you know, what you're getting because there's a lot that are not they're, they're, the efficacy and the potency is not there. Our the lab that I'm with does not have creams yet, but they I'm very excited to say they are making one specific for cancer and autism, and that's wow. never been done before. Um, I was with another company a few years ago, um, but I'm no longer. So right now, what we have are injectables, and they made sprays specifically for autism, you know, for kids who uh, didn't want to do the injectable. What about for autoimmune? Because I have a huge network of autoimmune patients, and they're going to ask me about this. Do you have a GCMAF, or is it just a general GCMAF treatment for autoimmune? Absolutely, yes. That's what we deal and, with mainly is cancer, autism, and, what, and autoimmune. And what format would that take? Would that be like a sub-Q injection? Would it be an yes. oral capsule? What, which one? It, it's, there, we have the injectable, and then they also have the uh, sublingual spray. There's a mouth spray and a nose spray. However, the vials, we call them vials, those are the injectables. Those, are, of course, are going to be much stronger and more potent. Right. Yes, um, yes. However, mm-hmm. I mean, their, their sprays are, you know, pretty effective too. But for autoimmune, we generally use the vials for that. Okay, so it would be sub-Q, which is easy enough to do for most people, unless they're needle-phobic. Yeah. Right. And the other thing is, is for lung cancers, uh, you can actually nebulize the vial, too. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, let me ask you this, because I happen to have a number of friends who have either COPD or pulmonary fibrosis. Can they nebulize GCMAF for that? Yes, they can. Yep. Okay. I'll pass this on then. Okay. And what about, and just in general, because I know PK, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but PK has been dealing a lot with osteoporosis and back no, pain and neck pain. And, and is would this help her also? Um, it's. I mean, it definitely could, and the reason I say it could is because if you think about it, when the body starts failing in one way or another, you really have to look at the immune system and think about the onslaught that we get just through food, through the air, through everything. And what I would say for that, though, first, because, again, we we aren't – I'm definitely not in the business of – people just buying something to buy it. So what I always say is a Nagalase test is really important because, again, if your levels are normal, then there's no point, honestly, in wasting your money on GC math because then you have to start looking at other things. Right. So I kind of do this process of elimination is what I call it because, Again, the nagalase is such a good indicator to guide you because if we get high nagalase on somebody and they haven't even been to a doctor for cancer, we always say, listen, let's now, you know, do a viral panel 
let's see if it's a virus. Well, then if it's not that, then unfortunately you know that cancer is starting and you have to go down that road. Right. Mm-hmm. But at least you have well, a there's... direction, which you don't before that. Yeah, that's right. Because you know, part of the problem that I see on a daily basis, because I talk to so many patients, is that there, a lot of this is just willy-nilly. There's so many things out there to choose from. And yet, yeah. what is the protocol? You know, it's like so mm-hmm. difficult. It's like, do you do the parasite cleanse first? Do you do that along with the GCMF? But that's where you come in because you know the the right way to address all of these things to get the maximum result, which is phenomenal. So how can people get a hold of you to get to enlist your aid with all of this? How do they people find you? Either through my website, which is Our Little White Barn, or they can email me. And do you want me to give my email? Please, yes. So it's Candace, and that's C-A-N-D as in David, I-C-E, M as in Marie, and Bradstreet. So Candace M. Bradstreet at gmail.com. Good to know. Yes. And, and you know, again, you have a great TikTok account. Is it under your name, Candace M. Bradstreet, also? It actually isn't. It's under the practical nutritionist because okay. the reason I call myself that is I've learned a lot through the years. I learned a lot through that journey with my husband in cancer. And my job is to support people no matter what they choose. And I want people to understand this, that um, unfortunately in the natural world, um, there are some that literally will reject people if they choose to do chemo or things like that. Um, That isn't my job. My job is to help you. My job is to get you fortified. My job is to get you as strong as you possibly can be to get through whatever you choose because, again, I don't want somebody telling me what I can and cannot do. Um, that's removing a choice. So um, my job is to support them, and that's why I call myself that because I'm not going to look at you and say, well, if you're not going to do it this, this, and this way, I'm done with you. I just I don't think that's a very kind approach. Um, I don't think it works very well. Yeah, exactly. It's a personal journey, and everybody has to make up their own mind on how they want to address it. Yeah. They do, and I have to tell you, when you do that and you treat people that way, they are so much more open to hearing and possibly changing and seeing the other side. Um, And, you know, so I just find it's, it's wrong to do that to somebody and, um, you know, it also opens it up an opportunity to really educate people. Yes, it does. You're right. Well, Candace, Very thank good. you. This this has been an amazing evening well spent with you and understanding all of these these aspects of what GCMAF is, is doing and can do. And again, our condolences to you and your family for everything you have gone through and your loss of Dr. Bradstreet, you know, who is courageous and and started all of this for us here in the United States. 
But this has been great. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. It's been an honor. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And honestly, it's a pleasure and honor to be with you guys. I really appreciate it. Well, we're going to have to have you. Yes, we want you to come back and share more success stories. We want to hear more success stories. Yes, well, we've gone... We've gone over time because it's so delightful to hear from you, and we're learning so much. But we will have you back. And in the meantime, everybody, you now know how to get a hold of Candace and how to follow her TikTok account so you can learn more about all of these great, great things to keep you healthy. So until next week, everybody, I, we hope you have be safe. That hurricane's coming up the East Coast. But in the meantime, yeah. we will see God. you on the Blue Highway. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see you swimming on the Blue Highway. (laughs) Um, But until then, also, everybody, really, take care of yourselves. And we'll be back with another great show next week. So see you soon. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.